been listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network, garbagehillnetwork.com. Hey, I'm the Reverend Rambler, and you're listening to Witch Police Radio.
Hey, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm your regular host, Sam, and I'm here with the Reverend Rambler. Howdy. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, couldn't be better. Good, good. Thanks for having me. Um, so, I haven't actually... It's weird, because Witch Police, before it was a podcast, kind of it existed as the website, which archived a lot of local music, and some of your stuff from when your previous bands was on there. But we've yes. never actually met, and uh, no, no, nothing by your current incarnation is actually up on the site, but that was with the uh, Red River Ramblers. Yes, it was. So, can you maybe just give a bit of... I'm not assuming everyone who's listening to this has found that on there, but uh, I mean, if you can give a bit of background of kind of how you came to be a one-man band sort of setup. I know you have a larger band as well, but how did you come from, where did you come from? <laughs> what is the uh, origin um, of all this? Well, how far back do you want to go here? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do, I'll try to make this as concise yeah, as sure, possible. Sure, sure. Um, I was, my first band was in grade five. Okay. Yeah. That was great stuff. So. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, we were called Green Monkey. Okay, good name. Uh, it was with just some great people and one of my best friends in the world to this day, um, Jeffrey Eastman. Okay. And his father, Gary, Guitar Gary, he's a children's uh, performer oh, these cool. days. Oh, cool. Okay. okay. Um, sort of just took us under his wing and, yeah. you know, taught us how to play a couple of songs and we wrote That's a couple awesome. of things and we played at the Riverview Fair. Nice, nice. <laughs> and uh, so that was sort of the introduction to... Yeah. To playing music. Um, yeah, to and, playing know. music and being a band. I mean, I played piano and, and stuff like that when I was younger, but it was never something that I particularly enjoyed right. the way I do now. Right. Um, and then around grade seven, we formed another band called Gherkin. Oh, yeah, which is which Tim Haverluck was Tim in. Haverluck was a part of that. Um, Bren Bren Brendan Berg. Yeah, who's also been on the show, too. Really? <laughs> he was like, yeah, because we had a Royal Canoe episode. So actually, Gherkin played a show with my first band, at a house, um, it was a house party for like the graduation of grade seven or something. And uh, Chantel something? No, it was Jessica's house, and okay. she's actually been on the show too. <laughs> but like everyone's been on the show. But uh, <laughs> I was in the band called Filtered Reality with Rob Crooks and Jesse Matus, and um, and Jessica, the girl whose house it was. And we What's opened. Jessica's last name? Element. Oh yeah, she yes, plays yes, yes, folk yes, stuff. Yes, yes. She plays in the band now. But I mean, so we opened for for Gherkin. <laughs> now. Was I a part of that? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, so, I know it was Tim, and I don't know who the other guys so were. So, funny little story. In in that band, uh, it started off as a five-piece. Okay. And then it became a three-piece at some point, right? Yeah. Um, we slash Tim yeah. was very influenced by Green Day yeah, definitely, back, yeah. back in those days. Just like most of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, well, Green Day only had three people in it. Right, so you got to... Yeah. So they they started they started practicing and rehearsing without us. The, the bass player at that time was Nick Kringen. Okay, I remember that guy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think he, he's Calvin guy. Yeah, yeah. Another really close friend of mine, and and yeah, they just sort of started practicing without oh, us. Yeah. So we me and Nick like to say that we quit the band. Right, but you got forced out. But they, yeah, they were a much better band without us. Yeah, they were pretty. I mean, considering how old they were, like we were like twelve years old or whatever. They were Tim. Old. I mean, Tim was just yeah. so good, even even back then. Yeah, and they were. He's been one of my biggest inspirations throughout. Yeah, and I mean, throughout we, the years, we had him on the show recently, and and like the Tims are awesome. It's a cool band. They're I mean, great, doing good stuff. But okay, so from from being a cast off member of Gherkin, <laughs> <laughs> what's like what, what what adult bands were you in? I guess like you know coming closer to what you do now. Um. So twenty to twenty five, I yeah. was really into the the punk rock, yeah, 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 skate punk thing. So I was in a number of different bands. Uh, I moved out west when I was eighteen. Okay. So in we were in Fernie, B, BC, 
and I met a couple of great guys out there, Tyler Hall, Carlin Starr, um, Kevin Franklin, and we were in the band, we were called Discontent, I think, originally. Sounds like a good punk name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were, yeah. we were dis. I don't know what we were discontent with right, exactly. Right, but you were discontent, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that, that turned into a band called Strip the Label, which was fun, but around 25 or 26, I saw this documentary film. Yeah that Martin Scorsese produced called Soul of a Man. Okay. And it was based... That was from that blues series, right? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a seven... Yeah, there was the There were seven, on... seven different films. Yeah. The, Eastwood Piano Blues oh, was that's fantastic. that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. The Scorsese one's really good too, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I saw that and it just sort of rocked my world yeah. and kind of went, what the hell am I playing here? This yeah. Is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fell in love with the blues and country music and Americana and everything cool. sort of associated with that. So at that point... I began the journey that I'm currently okay. on, like learning how to sing and uh, bl- blues and country stuff. Yeah, and which is different than singing punk stuff. I mean, I much different. <laughs> I was a well, some of it's similar. I was yeah. There's definitely a connection. Like the Misfits, two. Glenn Danzig, Davey yeah. Havoc. That was kind of like my thing. I was okay, kind of okay. a little goth. So you got like the gothic. devil walk and stuff, or <laughs> I have kind of it at one or two yeah, points. Yeah, I yeah. think my my hair was dyed black. Yeah. Um, so Dan, I mean, Glenn Danzig arguably's got kind of a bluesy yeah, sort totally, of yeah. voice yeah. to him. He does, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of music I started getting into, and then and then the Red River Ramblers came yeah. to be. And, oh, man, how did that even start? I just exactly? heard of that because Tim said, "Hey, I have a band. Do you want to post my music?" Because he, I guess, he'd seen some of the other stuff I put up there. I was like, "Well, obviously, sure. Like, what is it?" And then yeah, it was really cool. It was very, very kind of like amped up blues punk sort of I mean, I that know. was the point yeah, yeah we like it was kind of taking the, the the punk rock sort of stuff that we were doing yeah uh that i was doing prior and then i mean tim's been one of my one of my closest friends since we were right, Stuart. in grade seven and eight. since he kicked you out of gherkin yeah <laughs> we, oh, we survived yeah right right <laughs> and we've been great friends ever since um so yeah how did like how long did that band last for? A couple of years, or it was lasted for probably two or three years, okay. I, I think. Okay. Um, it was not. It was never something that we really. We were just a bar band, yeah. having fun with it, trying to write music. Yeah, we we did some recordings. Which um, are the ones that are up there on the side? Yeah, right? yeah. I think we even did record an album, and it just didn't. Didn't do it. It didn't really. Do, I'm not sure if we were all super stoked on it. It was kind of dying at that point. Yeah. Um, but uh, my buddy Derek and Charles Mandeman, who's yeah. also one of my favorite musicians in the city, we just started pl- playing in the Red River Ramblers, and it was about just trying to play country and blues, yeah. And, but sped up and kind of right. punked out, right? Well, I mean that makes sense, right? A bunch of guys from punk backgrounds, kind of taking on this trying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tim's a gr- an excellent musician. He's very good. I I was never. I've progressed a lot with my guitar playing and, and a lot of other instruments. Is that just out of necessity for what you're doing now? I mean, you got to kind of pick up where someone else might have been doing it before, or? Um, I just, I think I've kind of fell in love with music and, and playing okay. stringed instruments. Okay. Yeah, and, and started to actually be like, oh, you know, in the punk rock days, I was a bass player. Right. And I didn't. I didn't know what notes you can were you can what. play bass yeah. without knowing what you play, play on the third fifth fret okay yeah. you you play it I'll watch you bang yeah Got just it. root notes right just yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um so recently 
in the last, I guess, four or five years, I've actively been trying to become a, a better player. Cool. So the thing you do now, I mean, I don't know what you call it, but I mean, it sounds like it's got not only the same things we were talking about with the punk and the blues, but I mean, you have country seems like a big part. Gospel seems like it's uh, something that's coming creeping in there. Like, what else? What? How do you describe the kind of mishmash of what you're? Hillbilly blues. Hillbilly blues. Okay. It's kind of the the most concise term that I've come up with. But there's all sorts of fun. I mean, I I still consider myself a punk rock act. Right. Well, I mean, I guess the I mean doing a one man band kind of setup too is fairly punk rock, just like attitude wise. I mean, it's you know it takes a little bit of something to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a little bit of balls, a little bit of stupidity, a, a whole <laughs> lot of hard work. And... Yeah. But it seems like it's paying off though. You seem to be playing a lot of big shows. You just got off the folk fest, and I mean, yeah. Every yes. time I hear about you playing something, it's some kind of like, oh, this sounds like an awesome big show. I mean, it's... we've been very fortunate, and I've, I mean, I've devoted as much time as I could to it in in the last year or two, and I've been supported by a ton of yeah various different um, talented musicians that helped me kind of get to where I currently am. Cool, cool. And, well, yeah, well, I. I I don't know where it's going. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. kind of along for the ride. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good. I'm glad to see that, that people are getting into it and that it's actually working out for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, for people who haven't heard the show before, I do have more things I want to ask you about, about your music and everything, but um, the way the show works is we have a randomly generated theme word. I just kind of punch a button on the computer and it shoots the word out at us and that is kind of dictates the flow of the conversation a little bit. It doesn't really, but it kind of breaks up the talking a bit. So the word that we got this time was orange. Yeah. Which, you know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, computer. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Some of the words are great, and some of them are just like, why do I do this? So I don't know. Did you have a lot of trouble finding orange You know or? what? I'm hoping that I didn't stretch it out too much, but... The, well, there's no wrong answer. So like, there... No, I found two beauties. Okay. Do you yeah. want to start with one, then? Let's sure. See, see what we got. To... Um, well, the first... When I heard orange, the first thing that came to, to mind was uh, Agent Orange. Right? Okay, yeah, punk band, yeah, yeah. Really? I was thinking of them as well, but I didn't pick one of their songs. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was kind of thinking yeah. that maybe, perhaps that's the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just what great. Uh, what song did you want to go with? By them? What? Uh, Everything turns gray. <laughs> Oh, 
Alright, I'm back with Reverend Rambler, and that was uh, Agent Orange. And yeah, it fits the, fits the theme. <laughs> it was a little obvious. But... Did you listen to those guys, like, a lot back, back in the day, or now? Or... Um, back in the day, I mean, not even a, a ton. Yeah. Uh, my good friend, uh, Damon, who gave me a bunch of, you know, punk rock books and yeah, CDs yeah, yeah. and albums back in the day. And that was one of, that was that was one of the ones that he introduced cool. me to. Yeah, I, I think I, I mean, I definitely heard them. But I never, I don't think I agreed with one of their albums. Like, they were one of those bands, like, oh yeah, I know, I know what they sound like. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, but yeah, they're, they're good. It's I'm just... trying to think of their other songs. Everything turns gray. Into the Darkness or something. Okay, okay. There's one about, like, fast cars, cheap thrills. Right. It's, it's fairly typical <laughs> yeah, subject matter, yeah. right? For, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, uh, you, uh, when, you, when you're playing shows, I mean, I know you have, I haven't actually seen you live. I haven't seen any, I don't go to shows as much as I used to. And, uh, from what I've seen on videos and photos and stuff, it seems like, you have the solo thing with as many instruments as you have strapped onto you, and then you also have a band at times as well. Is that kind of dependent on the show, or is that dependent on what you want to present at a show? Or well, it's it's funny you should bring that up because currently there's not necessarily a rhyme or reason behind it. Okay, it started as something. Uh, well, originally it started as like a side project from the Red River Ramblers. Oh, okay, that okay. was more like my singer songwriter. Okay. Kind of stuff. So it wasn't. So it wasn't as bluesy and wasn't. A, no, it wasn't even really the one man band thing. Okay. You um, just wanted to be playing your own. Yeah, there was just songs that I was writing that were a little bit prettier. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or mm-hmm. things that just didn't necessarily fit into what we were trying to do as the Red River Ramblers. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I'd always been interested in people that were creating, like going way, way back. Someone. Like Xavier Rudd. Yeah. Are you familiar yeah, with yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. Did your dudes and whatnot? Yeah. I'm not even a huge fan now but 10 years ago i was just blown away by what what he was able to accomplish well he was doing a lot of instruments at once too right yeah yeah and he did slide guitar and and percussion and singing right right and i was just intrigued by the sound that he was able to create okay all by himself yeah for sure so did this was it was all with the drums always part of it or was it just originally just like a kind of folk singing originally thing, it was it was more just folk kind of songs yeah and and just kind of had different charles was involved with okay. that brendan berg was involved with okay. that um my ben winning i'm not sure who that guy ben. I mean, he best best singer songwriter yeah. in winnipeg in in canada as far as I'm concerned, Ben Ben Winning, you should. I'll write it down. He's he's in an uh, a an, a band with um, another close friend of mine, Marcel Desolates. Okay, that name sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, I don't he, think I know him, but I, I've he's done a lot independently as a solo artist. But okay. together, they're known as Waywiser, and they okay. they don't do it a ton uh, because he's a he's an amazing drummer yep. and percussionist. I'm getting a little off track. No, here. It's, cool, it's, cool, it's, cool, it's cool. It's okay. So you you were doing the folk thing, uh, and then eventually, like, how did this? Because this is unique. I mean, a lot of people play even just blues. A lot of people play country. A lot of people combine all that stuff. A lot of people sit there with the guitar and sing. But lugging this around is a bit of a different story. Like, how did how did you how did this even become an idea to do? Scott H. Byram, okay, is an artist. He's a, he's from Texas, dirty old one man band. Okay, and so I just a, a friend of mine, Stu Anderson, introduced me to them introduced me to him yeah yeah and i again just fell in love with what he was doing and it was very country 
and bluesy and old timey, but it had this yeah, like punk yeah. metal edge to it oh, cool, even. Cool. Um, so then I guess I just sort of started figuring out how to do it. His configuration wasn't similar to mine, yeah. I, and I don't even know how I necessarily came up with the bass drum, snare, and, and, and hi-hat thing. In fact, some drummers get weirded out yeah. by the fact that I that I you know I do the yeah, bass yeah. drum with my left foot. Right, right. But that's to, yeah. it's just more it's more natural for me to do that. And then I guess the snare with a I mean for people who people obviously can't see this, but yeah. you, you have a bass drum rigged up with a pedal as you as you would with a bass drum. And then you have a snare also rigged up with a pedal and then the hi hat. So the snare that facing that direction with the pedal is somewhat unusual. Is that what that guy does as well? Or no, no, and his his setup's actually quite a bit um, um, less complex than... I don't even know what if he even really does play with a bass drum all the time. Okay, okay. But it kind of came from that concept, and then I, I, I guess through just experimentation right. and, and playing... At, around the same time, I sort of got into Travis picking, okay. thanks to Tim, Tim Right, yeah, he, he does that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And... So you have that alternating bass plat pattern, you have a melody going at yep. the same time, yep. and then the boom chick with the bass drum and the hi-hat, bam, you got this thing that doesn't sound like... One person. It doesn't yeah. sound like one person anymore. Totally. Well, and I guess like what you're saying too about the punk kind of edge to it, uh, a lot of folk, blues, country, a lot of that stuff, doesn't drums aren't even in the picture. I mean, even with a full band, you don't have a drummer with a lot of those groups. Yeah. So, I mean, that definitely just adds up the volume considerably, and I imagine that kind of affects the... Aggressive aggressiveness with which you're playing the guitar, definitely just to keep up with the <laughs> yeah with the, with the volume of it. So that, that that's really cool. I like well, that. It, that in itself probably dictated how I began writing songs, right? And and, right. and you know, you, you write the way. There's not one particular way I, I write a song, um, but the majority of the stuff with the Reverend Rambler is just kind of a groove. Yeah, yeah. That you know, it doesn't stray too far away from the one four five different configurations of that and then you just start hearing like rhythms that would complement what I'm doing yeah. on the guitar and with the vocals and just seeing how I can do it all together cool. at the same time and you end up with these songs that I've that I've written. Yeah, well, just just looking at the setup and thinking about how you would do it. I mean, uh, one of the things like I, I, people who listen to the show probably know this, but I listen to really, really heavy amounts of reggae. It's like the main genre of music I listen to, mm -hmm. like more than anything. I listen to a lot of stuff, but reggae collections this big and everything else, you know. And I th I've always felt that reggae is deceptively simple. Like it's a very, very basic. It could even be two chords, but and everyone's like, "Oh, that's the easy, it's boring." They're playing the same thing over and over again. But it's what is happening within that simple framework is what kind of makes it awesome. And I feel like blues is very similar in that you know it's a couple chords and it's repeating patterns. But you can make it a lot more complex and a lot more kind of deeper, depending on what you're doing with it. So, I mean, blues is a perfect setup. This is a perfect setup for that because, I mean, you can't really do anything too complex on these drums while you're playing and singing at the same time. But, I mean, you can work it in a way that it like, deceptively simple, I guess. Is yeah, and well, I, I mean, I'm restricted by... Yeah. By what I can do course, with my yeah. feet and my fingers yeah. and my voice at the same time. Yeah. So that I mean, like that does dictate how the there are there are certainly things that I hear in my head that I'm not necessarily able to right, just physically do. Right, 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 right. right, right. Do you but, have to split up your brain a certain way to do that? I mean, is the, is it like piano where you have kind of separating the the hands and doing different things? Because guitar, I mean, you're playing with two hands, but both hands are 
they're making the same sound happen, right? Yeah. But I mean, this is a little different in that the guitar is doing that, hands are doing that, but feet are doing something that might be like quite different. So is mm-hmm. is there like a? I mean, how do you how do you get your brain around that? I try to think about it as little as yeah. possible. So it's just kind of the instinctive sort of yeah, tapping. I, you would be, and yeah. and that's the nature of what I do as well yeah. is just creating these beats, these these rhythms, these. Um, Voodoo rhythm is a, is a genre of, yeah. I've I've heard people describe not necessarily me but right the type of thing you're doing yeah, yeah. and just that that kind of groove that you can get into like R L Burnside can totally, play yeah. the same thing not one. even a one four five the it's same two chords or one chord yeah, yeah, yeah. D- John Lee Hooker yeah and it just doesn't need anything else you're able to kind of it doesn't get boring yeah lose yourself in it sure yeah and that, it's I kind mean, of hypnotic yeah that's when I know I have a good song is when I can sort of stop thinking about everything right. that's going on in my head and, and just sort of lose my song. That kind of sounds a little lame. No, but I know what you mean. I mean, yeah. that's that's probably the reaction you want to get out of the crowd too, right? Yeah. They're, they're not looking, oh, he's just playing two chords because he's doing the drums too. They want to, mm-hmm. yeah. Whatever. They're getting up and they're they're dancing and they're, they they yeah. want to get, you know, they want to have a good time. And they're yeah. drinking and, and they're not, they're not overthinking things, which I'm guilty of doing all the time. <laughs> right, right, right. Cool. Well, I'm going to uh, pick a song to go with the orange thing so we can keep this moving. And uh, I thought of a bunch of things at, at first, and some of the songs I came up with initially were, I don't know if I want to do that. So um, I was thinking about Orange and what it meant, and then I, I realized that, or not realized, remembered that uh, Impulse Records, which is one of my favorite record labels, all of their spines are orange. So if you have them in a CD shelf or a record shelf, you can easily spot the Impulse section. And I've done that at people's houses. I've immediately gone, oh, there's Impulse, you know, because you write, it's very, very distinctive. Great marketing. Yeah, very distinctive spine. <laughs> and uh, Impulse is probably my favorite jazz label. Like I love, there are a few, th- there are very few things I've heard on that label that I don't like. I mean, I, I typically, if, if I'm going through a used bin of records and I see something on Impulse, I will, I, I know it's gonna be good. Like there's a. Uh, High standards of production, high standards of kind of artist picking and stuff like that, and it's a, a label from the '60s and '70s, uh, dating back even to the '50s, and it, it's really kind of prestige sort of um, jazz. It started off more just kind of straight up jazz, and it got very, very avant-garde and experimental, and a lot of John Coltrane's like just way out there stuff is on that label. Like there's a couple Sun Ra records on there. There's it, Archie Shep, like a lot of really, really far out stuff, which I really like with jazz. But the song I'm gonna play that that kind of feels the most impulsy <laughs> to me i guess <laughs> is uh, by ray charles who's one of my probably top three or four artists of all time like a huge huge fan me too and uh the one album he put out on impulse was called genius plus soul equals jazz and um he you know obviously he did r&b and soul and blues and um he always wanted to put out a jazz record and he's a phenomenal he was a phenomenal piano player and so he got this one album deal with impulse to put out a jazz record so it's an instrumental record and uh unusual for him at the time he's playing organ instead of piano and it's a rare thing for him to be doing yeah so um i'm just gonna play the single from the record because i really like it the whole thing is super cool and uh i mean if you can find it you should i recommend everyone to pick it up it's a great record but the the single is called one mint julep and it's a pretty well-known ray charles song and it's really kind of striking i mean just for the fact that he's not playing piano and the horns are really cool and it's just a really awesome vibe and it's uh when i think about those impulse spines this is the record i think of
we're back. That was uh, One Minute Julep by Ray Charles. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, the album is phenomenal. Yeah, you should check it out. I'll be looking that. Yeah, it's I'll really be cool. keeping my eyes open. What, the Imperial? Impulse. 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 Yeah, they, they, it's really, uh, I don't think they exist anymore other than just occasionally putting out reissues. Like, I think it was, it was owned by one point by ABC, and then it was owned by, it got kind of shopped around to different major labels that owned it as like a subsidiary for their, for like the jazz nerds in the 60s and stuff, right? Like people who really, really were into this stuff deep and um i really just heard about it through john coltrane because I, I got really into him a few years ago and i started noticing all of his really out there stuff was on this label and that was the stuff i was really into so i kind of went back and there's actually a book called um the house the train built which is all about the history of the, the label and it lists like every single album they put out and everything so there's like a whole bunch of research i've been slowly doing on youtube and stuff and then if i can find them in stores ever buying the records too just like all these guys i've never even heard of just eating them up yeah it's just like some sax player who put out like one album in 1967 or something and it turns out it's it's crazy and everyone all the you know all the players on it are phenomenal and stuff too so jazz is one genre i haven't really delved into too it's deep, a it's a too hard deeply one. at all like i haven't delved in it too much past this stuff i mean i have kind of my four or five mostly horn players that i really like and then I've gone into their catalogs and occasionally kind of ventured out to, you know, oh, this guy played tenor on this record. What does his own record sound like? But other than that, I mean, I don't have any kind of deep knowledge of it or whatever. I know I like the weird stuff. <laughs> like, I know, you know, like if there's a 20-minute thing that just sounds like feedback and noise, I know I'm going to be into that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, as far, some people are so heavy into jazz that they can tell you pretty much I, like, I, I'm kind of in all of that because I don't have that kind of... I can do this reggae, <laughs> jazz. Not not even not yet. Not yet. Maybe one day I can do that. But I'd actually like to have some jazz musicians on here. That's one area that I haven't really gone into. I mean, there are some cool ones in Winnipeg too. I know that. It's just I haven't. I have no frame of reference really. You know, it's like I mean, I mean, how do you get into? Wow, it's the one guy that, that there's a drummer. That he seems, plays with everybody, right? And he and he's got like some solo. Up, but I mean, I don't. Yeah, his name. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking. I can't about, even but, remember. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah. Pretty. Uh, one day, one day, one day it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're not a jazz artist, but you, <laughs> yeah. you, we're here now. And uh, okay, so you have, do you just have the one album, or uh, as a Reverend Rambler, or is there? Yes. Okay. And when did that come out? That came out. Shoot, I a fairly while, recently. A while, right? a couple it's years. It's probably or? been out for a little more than a year. Okay. Okay. And was that recorded with a band, or was that mostly that just was, you? Or well, I recorded it with um, a guy originally, and ended up sort of just throwing it away okay uh, it, and that was not it was nothing against him he was very talented at what yeah. what he did but it just wasn't the right the sound you wanted it or? wasn't the right it didn't feel it felt better to just be like this here's your money okay i don't want, really want to release this and i'm kind of weird like that i, I am anyone that's ever played with me probably right, <laughs> knows right, right. that so there's there's a there's a, a demo version of the album that exists somewhere that didn't actually get released like you have a I maybe have it on this yeah, computer, yeah. but I, I very well could have just... Just got rid of it entirely? Deleted it okay. all. So is the one that actually came out the same songs, just recorded differently? or, or Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then around that same time, Greg, yeah. Greg Arcade... Yeah, a good friend of mine, been on the show a million times, yeah. He yeah. he approached me, and um, and I was really into the music that, that he was doing. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, country, more country rockabilly sort of stuff, yeah. yeah. Well, even at that time, it was kind of even the garage rock. Yeah, it was he, more rock and roll, was, yeah. That he, he was still doing, yeah. but I loved of, the production. Yeah, definitely. He has a sound. Yeah, he's yeah. So we sort of connected on that, and he approached me about producing the album. Okay. And then he played, um, and then he laid down some bass tracks just because we kind of yeah. were thinking, why not? 
yeah. why not beef up that sound? Yeah, yeah. And I liked it so much. He joined. He joined right, the band. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Is he still in your band? Or yeah, is he's, he? he's, he's not, not in the band anymore. We recently kind of split ways. Okay. I, I won't. Okay. I won't go into no, the, sure, it's the funny, entire yeah. story, yeah. but both Greg and, and Sean Moulton are extremely talented musicians. I hope there's there. I still consider them. Yeah. Really good friends. And and yeah, we, it just didn't. We weren't. We weren't a good band together as a whole anymore right. and kind of let personal things screwed up <laughs> yeah it happens with every band right? yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like having it's like dating a bunch of people at the same time yeah yeah, yeah but i hope there's no love lost i wish them luck they don't even need it they're yeah they're great but we i we i had to do something to change it up yeah do something different so yeah. there there's a new band now um my good friends rich bolton Okay. He was. Uh, well, you probably you know Rich. The name sounds familiar too. He's yeah. a Kelvin guy. Okay. Okay. He was in the Empty Standards. Okay. Remember that band? Yeah. Yeah. And um, Derek Mickelson is now playing. Name also. Everyone in Winnipeg's name sounds. Yeah. Familiar. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've yeah. all been in a bunch of different yeah. bands. And uh, my sister Carly. Okay. And Dale Brown. I'm not sure if I know that one. He's but... in the Dust Rhinos. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So that's the full five-piece band, and. I mean, with what the Reverend Rambler is exactly, yeah. we're not sure. And that's actually something with the folk festival that kind of became a little bit confusing. Well, are you are you the Reverend Rambler? I, I am the Reverend are, Rambler. Okay, yeah, I, I thought so, but it, yes. I mean, I could, you know, it could also be the name of the group, right? It's one of those names that is not necessarily, you know, it's not like your actual name as the name of the band. It's mm-hmm. yeah, the, the stage name, so it could be. There's a lot of things about this music making business yeah yeah that i'm that i'm just learning and i yeah like our our internet presence is horrendous if you were to look up of the reverend rambler i've looked yeah it's not the best representation of of what i do yeah yeah um but it it is kind of confusing so i think going forward we are going to kind of establish a name for the full piece band okay okay Um, so the reverend rambler is a member of and uh right right um and the other beauty of that is there is some flexibility. Yeah. So we've played a bunch of shows in the last four or five weeks where people could, not everyone could make it. Right. So even just with um, the three piece, yeah. it's still... It's still the same band. It's still a good, yeah. I mean, the songs don't really suffer without the, the extra instrument, so, instrumentation. It's sort of icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's there even is an appeal to the stripped down... Yeah. So uh, what's three piece then? How, what instruments do you have in a three piece versus a five piece? Bass guitar yeah. and everything that I do. Okay. And then yeah. my and then my sister Carly. Okay. She's just doing backup vocals and she's doing a little bit of percussion. I'm okay. trying trying to convince her to play a bit more guitar and eventually washboard. get everyone, Eventually get everyone playing multiple instruments, so you just have like a bunch of uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bunch of one man bands. Spread spread it out a little yeah, bit yeah. further. Um, but I, I do plan on kind of pursuing the, the pure solo thing okay. a little bit more as well. Cause I mean, there's something to it Yeah, there. It's very marketable. Well, it's, it's unique, right? People notice it. It's, yeah. you know, it's fun. The logistics of it. I don't, I don't need to try to coordinate a bunch of different lives to make things happen sure, yeah, at the same yeah. time. You just need to have a vehicle big enough to carry the drums and then you're good. Yeah. 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 And even, I mean, I've had some artistic directors and people tell me recently, within the industry that it's it's just an easier it's an easier thing to sell to people yeah i mean within the business 
Right, the women like, men. Fest, like festivals, right? Or if, um, you know, if someone wanted to have an have an artist go play in another province or something right. like that, it's a lot easier. It's than, one person showing up. That, yes, yeah, yeah. it's a lot easier to do than than yeah. entire an entire band. So well, that's, that's something I'm gonna be. I am actually gonna be focusing focusing on and and pursuing in addition to the band thing. The the band thing and just okay. tightening that up and and. I got a bunch of new songs and material cool. for a second album. Cool. What that's going to look like, I. Well, you'll find out when it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm hoping to sort of start doing some pre-production over the summer because, as soon as the fall hits, um, yeah. I'm a t- I'm a teacher. Oh yeah, so you, this is your time to do stuff, right? Yeah, and, and, and yeah. then so that I mean, and like I was sort of saying, uh, earlier, I, I teach in Fisher Branch, right? So that's, Manitoba, so it's a huge. Huge time. By the time you get home from work, it's already too late. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm and I'm wiped, and I I, and I have marking to worry about, and and prepping, and just the stress of of that. So trying to write these songs and be a performer and pay my mortgage and my my loans and all that, it's a bit of a juggling act that I. Well, it's a thing that happens, right? I mean, it's it's very different when you're a teenager, like all these bands we're talking about. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not eighteen or or. 25 exactly. even for that matter exactly. anymore yeah, 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 yeah. so it's a bit it's a different ball game and I struggle with that a little bit but um, but it's fun I'm lucky to get to do this and yeah. be on your show and, and play the Winnipeg Folk Festival yeah that's huge that's, that's a huge thing yeah yeah. did you want to go to another orange song sure what, what did you have so the next one I'm, it's a little bit outside of the box yeah that's fine um, I'm thinking orange trying to come up with some images yeah. bang tiger comes okay into, into okay. mine and there's have you ever heard of a band called Pride Tiger before? I've heard the name. I don't think I've heard them. Though. So they're they're I, they you know what they're a great band. I don't think they ever reached the popularity I believe they should have. Okay, are they broken up now? Or I believe so. Okay, uh, I think they released this album, which is called I think it's called The Lucky Ones too, which is the name of the track I, we're gonna play okay, here. Cool, cool. Um, and they were they were a bunch of ex members from. The, the metal band Three Inches of Blood. Oh really? Oh weird, weird. So the only the only reason I mention that because is this it's is not metal. Completely yeah, yeah. different. Yeah. It's um they're they're compared to Thin Lizzy. Okay. A yeah, lot. Yeah. It's yeah. just great like classic rock. Technical feel good rock. Cool. Alright, let's check it out. Right Tucker. You know that we're the lucky ones Always laughing, always having fun But there's one thing that I'm needing You can't wait until the weekend Let's make plans for later on
That was uh, Pride Tiger, and yeah, like you said, Thin Lizzy, that totally has that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was cool. Um, Tiger is a good connection to Orange. Like, there's, you know, I, li- I, li- yeah, I like. It's not too far. No, no, depending <laughs> on the word, sometimes people will just, and myself included, will just pick like songs without the title. And some of the words are very common, and it's like, oh, this is easy. There's, you can take it 35 songs right away that just have the. But yeah, something like Orange, maybe like taking a stretch is <laughs> kind of the way to go with it. I mean, I did the record, the record spines, right? So I mean, Tiger is really not even less of a stretch than that so that was cool though yeah um what i was wondering is like i mean you have all these different genres that you kind of cobbled together to make your sound i mean i I guess i guess it's more sort of fitting in with the roots kind of over overarching roots genre but i mean who what kind of fans do you play shows with here i mean is it is it kind of all over the place or are you sort of in a little i don't know scene of bands or well i i'd like to think i'm yes and no okay because um, I know there is, I mean, th- there's there's a strong. Uh, for some reason, I don't like the term roots. I don't like it either. But I don't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. It, is, it is probably the right because it's full right country term. and blues and all that. Yeah, yeah, and you can and you can sort of the the music that you would hear at times change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I guess that's roots. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, so I would like to, I'd like to think that yeah, I put my time in and I, and I do belong to that scene and and consider myself grateful to get to play yeah. shows with these. Um, to a good team. These people yeah. and, and, and bands that I've grew up listening to, like we're, we're doing a show, I don't know if I'm supposed to announce this necessarily. This won't come out for a few weeks. So okay. Like... <laughs> uh, well, we're doing a, a show uh, with the Perpetrators. Oh, cool. In, That'd be a good in fit. October. Seems like a good fit. Yeah. And there, I mean, this forever. is just a band that I, I idolize. I can they, see it. They, they are the best there is in terms of and what they do, yeah, yeah, in, in terms of blues music, and you know, I've got to, I've got to get to know them a little bit. Cool, and, cool. You know, Jay and John are are people that have done so much for the music community and in, yeah. in the city, and in, and they've been around for a long time too. Like that band's been too, what it's like ten years at least at this point, or I seems think like so. it seems like it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even maybe probably even more. Longer. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. They're, they're good, good band. Um, I had something I was going to ask you about. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> something that comes up in... It's come up before on the show, and you may have even heard some of the ones where we've talked about this, but I, I do feel like Winnipeg has a thing where to play country or blues or folk or any of these genres, people want to hear it edgy. People want to hear it, like, dirty sounding. There are people who do really clean, really kind of uh, polished stuff, but I, I kind of get the impression... And, I mean, me, me as well. I, 
I, if I want to hear country, I want to hear country that has a bit of grit to it, that has maybe a bit of... You know, Winnipeg? Yeah, like, when, <laughs> do, do you think Winnipeg... How do you... It's, yeah. If we're from Winnipeg, right? Do that's... you think that that is a thing? Like, do you think Winnipeg audiences want that? I mean, do they want to hear a flub note every once in a while? Do they want to hear someone's voice being hoarse? Do they want to hear songs about murder? <laughs> is that is that part of it, or is that just... I mean, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think... It comes down to a couple of different things. I mean, you have to you have to command a, the attention of people in a bar room, yeah. and and they're not always necessarily receptive to what you're doing. So sure. I think that takes a little bit of a, an attitude and an edge where you kind of have to say, like, listen, yeah, I'm I'm playing right now, and shut up, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're gonna listen to me, yeah. and you're gonna like it. Yeah, I yeah. I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wonder is that different? I mean, have you done a lot of touring? No. So no. I, wonder, I often wonder if that's, if that's just a Winnipeg thing or if that's just a thing in general. I, I always associate it with Winnipeg because of just of how Winnipeg is. With the you know everyone's kind of pissed off and it's cool all the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone's stabbing each other, but <laughs> drinking and whatever. But I don't know. I mean, maybe in Toronto, I, I, I don't. Know, I'm not sure. Like, it, it kind of, I've never had a solid answer for that question. Like, is this a Winnipeg thing or is it just? Well, there's certainly country artists in this town yeah. that are that are more. Um, a glossy yep. and more of like the new country yep. pop kind of thing. Definitely. And great. Good for them. Yep. I mean, that's, I'm not interested in that at all. I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for anyone that goes up on a stage and has the balls to yeah. play yeah. their songs Definitely. for people and Definitely. a tremendous amount of respect for anyone who has a command of their instrument yeah. In, yeah. In, the, in the same way those sure. people do. For sure. But, uh, I like it a little gritty. Yeah. I like, yeah. you know, yeah. What's like a, a line in a song about getting dirt underneath my fingernails? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. It's, a it's just a little bit more, a little bit more interesting. I, uh, I think. Yeah. Well, I think blues, as a genre in general. I mean, this is definitely my personal preference for blues. But what I like to hear is I really like the kind of like 30s and 40s records where it's like really really they're, it's a horrible quality recording and Rural. We, it's just yeah. a guy sitting there with a guitar and it's probably recorded on something very similar to what we're using here but like a really really primitive version of that and you know there's mistakes in it and the, the guy is making up lyrics as he goes along and there's that and then you have someone like I don't know uh, I don't want to pick on him all the time pick on him all the time but Eric Clapton who you know is a very good guitar player but every time I've ever seen a video of him it seems like there's absolutely devoid of soul like there's no it's like Look at me, I can play the blues great, but there's not any feeling behind it, whereas someone could be playing with a two-string guitar badly <laughs> out of tune, and it has feeling behind it, and that's the stuff that I like to hear, and I mean, I think that that's, it seems like Winnipeg in general is more interested in that, than the, more interested in soul than in chops, I guess, maybe. I don't know if that, if you agree with that, or? I, so I, yeah, yes, yes, I agree <laughs> That's not that. a good question, really. Again, it's like, from, I mean, I, I share that opinion, yeah. certainly, that's definitely the way I approach my, my playing as well. Yeah. I, it's more just cause that's all I can. <laughs> right, right, right. But sometimes that's better, right? Sometimes playing for feeling is better than playing for technical ability. Yeah. Well, and even that aside, and I admire and respect all, I'm not just trying to sound too diplomatic yeah, yeah, here, yeah. but, but the, you know, the kind of blues that you're describing yeah. is definitely not been something that I've ever been extremely inspired by right um, there are clapton type stuff you mean yeah yeah it's just I like there's some i mean there's some great songs the yeah 
who like Cream and and he was in the Blues Breakers. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw that record. It's a good record. Great record. Yeah, I, I don't want to like just shit on the guy, but mm-hmm. I mean, he is kind of to me always seemed like a symbol of just a guy who can do it well, but there's no feeling behind it, and it's kind of this polished turd, you know. That it's like yeah, well, and even I mean, there's there's lots of people, there's lots of bands out there where you could have a guitar that a guitar player that just shreds yeah. the blues, yeah. Yeah. and like you say, I'm just. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't interest me. There's no there's no personality. There's no yeah. individuality to it. It's just missing a little bit of that grit. That yeah, that edge. That that roughness. That character. Yeah, the character for sure. And the character kind of transcends like you know age and race and nationality and all this stuff. I mean, it's not like a certain group of people can only do that. It's anybody. Someone in Sweden could be playing some really really soulful blues or any any kind of music. But yeah, it's just uh, character is a good a good mm-hmm. term for it. It's putting. Something to it that is more than just here's where the notes go, and here's I'm playing them where they more go. More than just I'm really good at playing guitar. Yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> a lot of people are really good at playing guitar, but they, 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 it doesn't I mean it doesn't really mean all that. Yeah, much. I feel like most of them aren't even in bands. They're just sitting in their bedroom, like shredding, you know, and they don't Great. go anywhere. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the guy who play, can play three chords started a punk band is playing shows every weekend. Like, yeah, so. Anyway, I'm going to play another song. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't really a question. It was just kind of a rant. Uh, but, I mean... No, I'm on board with you. And that's, I mean, whether it's blues or... Anything. Or country or... It, it does have... I mean, there's a lot of... There's a lot of singer-songwriters out there, too, that are... Just played pretty beautiful... Yeah. Music. Yeah. And... I mean, they have to be really damn good at what they're doing for me to kind of give a shit about yeah, it. Yeah, totally, totally. And that's just... Totally. That's just me. That's yeah. just what I'm attracted to, and that's probably because of the punk rock. I think so. I think it's background. Yeah. I I guess. And I I guess maybe Winnipeg. I don't know if this is true for everyone, but a lot of people playing country and blues and roots music or whatever you want to call it have punk backgrounds. In Winnipeg, because mm-hmm. everyone's been in a punk band. Because Winnipeg has a million punk bands, so I guess it makes <laughs> yeah. sense. But anyway, I'm gonna pick a song. And uh, one of the first things I thought of with Orange was um, a song called "The Prince" by Madness. And like I mentioned, I'm big into reggae, so I also have a lot of ska interest and madness was kind of one of those bands that first got me into that stuff my dad had this record one step beyond and uh i kind of like started listening to it when i was a young a young teenager i was into punk rock and stuff already and this kind of just like hey wait a minute this is it's got a similar attitude but it's um it's very different and then i went from there to reggae and then i kind of stayed with reggae forever but um there's a line in here about orange street and it's a song called the prince about prince buster who is a jamaican artist who is their kind of major influence and uh really just that one lyrical reference is why I picked it because it talks about Orange but it's written by the sax player and it was actually their first single that came out in 79 so this was kind of like their debut thing and people, other people were doing this sort of sound I guess at the time like you know you had like the specials and the selector and stuff but uh, these guys I mean they were really successful as a pop act kind of they, they, they turned the ska thing into like big hits hmm. and this was not necessarily a hit but it's a cool song it's the Prince Buster he sold the heat with a rock steady beat An earthquake is erupting But not in Orange Street A ghost dance is preparing You got to help us with your feet If you're not in a mood to dance Step back, grab yourself a seat This may not be uptown Jamaica But we promise you Buster, fold me over with your bogus dance Shuffle me up my feet Even if I kept on running I'd never get to Orange Street Go and say there's nothing left to say 
All right, we're back. That was The Prince. And yeah, you mentioned Orange Street. That's really the only connection. <laughs> but I really like that band. I mean, they kind of got me into... They were sort of a, like a doorway into a lot of this stuff. And then I got more into Ska. And then from there, I got into reggae. And like I, I feel like Ska... It is weird because Ska has this weird position in music history now because of the 90s. And because it became this huge, like, punk with horns sort of thing. Yeah. Where everyone was goofy and ridiculous. And then, like, you know, Hawaiian shirts and shit. <laughs> and, and, and it kind of, like, it's almost like a stain on it. But I, I think that Scott... Like, Scott predates reggae. Like, Scott came out in the early 60s. And then uh, it, it was kind of the... It went from Scott to Rocksteady to reggae. And everything kind of consistently kept getting slower. And then the beat changed a bit. And a lot of people, unfortunately, have this idea that Scott is, like, real Luke Fish or whatever. And they don't really know that it was all these things coming before it. So I, I feel like it's weird to see people still playing that 90s style of Scott now. Because it almost seems like new wave or something. <laughs> it's like a genre that is really permanently stuck in the time period. Like to me, ska is a springboard to get into reggae, and reggae is like this, you know, infinite universe of stuff that's awesome. <laughs> and then ska is this weird little thing that kind of should hop you into it. But it, it's still a thing. Like it, I mean, that that kind of '90s punk with horns, like you know, really basically what it was is punk with horns. That that's still a, a genre, which is weird. Have you heard of the Mad Caddies? Yeah, that, that's a perfect example. Those guys have been around for what twenty years now, and they're we, doing. You know, we just played with them oh, at the park, park theater at right? the park yeah. theater yeah. how was that that was great they yeah. took like one of the best shows I've ever seen there yeah. people were yeah. going off the yeah I've seen those guys a couple times like like a long time ago but I imagine it's probably still as good they, they put, they on, put on an yeah. amazing show yeah I but, got the opportunity to meet the the, the lead singer guy it's just Nice yeah. dude, mellow. They're yeah. all mellow. And they have kind of like ragtime influences up too, don't they? Like every once in a while, like kind of like, like 
30s sort of jazz things going on and stuff like yeah which is cool too I mean if you got a horn section right you, like that's something you can you well that's the kind of, of the the type of jazz I'm almost yeah. a little bit more familiar and like and the drawn old timey kind of yeah, yeah, yeah the Dixieland yeah. sort of yeah. thing that stuff is great though, F-holes sure. kind of yeah 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 I, I mean are horns anything you've ever wanted to put into what you're doing it seems like a might be occasionally like a fit. I don't know if is that. Uh... I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't like to restrict myself yeah. <laughs> at all. Yeah. But I could hear sax. Yeah. There's a lot of bands too, like more like rock and roll, rockabilly kind of acts that I've recently got into, yeah. like JD McPherson. Okay. Are you familiar with him? No, I haven't. I'm not sure. Okay, no. check him I'm out. Unbelievable. When I listen back to the story, then now. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like the 24th. Street Whalers, okay. they're a Canadian band. Okay, that, that, that name's familiar, yeah, yeah. And just great rock and roll with, with you sax. know, with sax and keys. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, sax, uh, it's weird, the sax kind of stands alone in a lot of bands as, as like the one horn that people have. I, I'm not sure what the reason for that is, but it's, uh, you don't see a lot of like kind of more aggressive bands with trumpet players, you know, <laughs> or like a trombone. No. Which, I mean, it'd <laughs> be interesting to try, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what are you, uh, like, when you're coming up with the material you're doing are there particular influences that sort of I mean I know you've mentioned a few kind of along the way but maybe not as far as the kind of setup of the one man band thing but like sound wise is there something that really inspires you to write the type of songs you're writing other songs right I mean in particular though do you have like a well, certain artist that you always kind of twig, twig to or is it and not, not necessarily I mean there there's a song that I play called Shake Em All Down okay and it, it is it's played by R. L. Burnside. It's played by Mississippi Fred McDowell, right, right, right. Booker White. Okay, and, and so I, I took a lick from an R. L. Burnside version of the song that right, I heard. Right, I took uh, literally lyrics that Booker White okay. sang from the okay. song, and then, and then in just trying to do it myself. Yeah. It becomes something that's totally my own and not would not be you wouldn't be able to really compare it to right. and of any of those versions. That seems like it's something that happens a lot with that kind of music, where you can, I mean, because a lot of it's oral tradition, right? So a lot of these songs have been, I mean, the original one doesn't even know even knows what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. And you can, it's almost like it's okay to just take bits and pieces here and there and make your completely own version of it mm-hmm. I mean do you do a lot of covers I, I think I've heard just on, online and stuff some, you do some gospel stuff and like yeah. some, some more traditional kind of tunes uh, like, like um, Skip James right yeah yeah Blind Willie Johnson yeah um, Robert John. a lot of the, a lot of the people from that that yeah. documentary film that totally, I saw yeah, 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 are yeah, some yeah. of my biggest influences um, band band called The Devil Devil Makes Three okay that's a good name um I mean, locally, people. There's a song that I have called "Devil Water," which started off me trying to do a cover of the Perpetrators' Six Pack. Okay, yeah. And it just kind of turned into something. Its own thing, yeah, yeah. Totally, its own thing. It's really awesome. just trying to mimic the the bass line and then be yeah. like, okay, how 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 would I do this? How does it sound? Right. And then, did you change the lyrics and stuff too? And oh yeah, it's yeah. Com- it's. But it just had its origin in that, yeah, that was the yeah. seed of the idea, right, right. And that's it, it's it's a it's a seed, really, yeah. that just ends up finding that, that groove, that's something that gets stuck in your yeah. head, yeah. and then you just start structuring and and building the song um, from that. Yeah. I don't know, I don't try to be, the with what I'm doing, you, you, it, 
it's all derivative derivative yeah. it's not you can't well, you do can't, anything too original not if, anymore <laughs> if you were to try to do that it would yeah. it probably wouldn't sound the way i would want it to right. i think people right. can get pretty um caught up in in trying to be so unique yeah that they end up creating something that's just like well you did it so and that's my personal no that makes sense yeah yeah a- approach to it i beg borrow and and steal yeah, yeah. I, I mean i don't and i don't i don't have any shame in that that's kind of the way a lot of great songs have been written. definitely definitely yeah 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 it's funny actually that you say that because the whole time you're talking about this i'm kind of thinking of hip-hop and how it's the same thing as what you just said but just from records i mean it's not like you know a lot of the classic hip-hop albums are built on samples from things that they probably had going through their head over and over again because they heard the original and it was like oh how can i repurpose this to make it my own thing and that's what the blues has been doing for forever like here's a lick from this song here's a lyric from that song and that's uh, that's it's cool. And if you try something to do it in a genuine way, it it really comes across as something to call your own. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I don't. People like it, then it works, right? I can't pretend that I am certain about anything I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it sounds good, right? <laughs> that's what I. That's what I try to do. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to be working out okay. Yeah. Do you? Uh, I mean, is that usually when you when you're thinking of uh, doing someone else's song? Is that usually what happens, or do you do a lot of things that are just straight up covers? Not a ton just kind of the repurposing thing. Yeah, but I mean, I in an effort to become a better singer yeah. and guitar player, I am constantly just playing other people's Yeah, stuff, just know? covering stuff and like, oh, how do they do that? Yeah. How do I mimic that sound? Yeah. How do I do that style? How how do I How the heck do they are they doing that with their yeah, yeah, their fingers? Sure. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of people figure out their own sound too, right? Cuz it's you're trying to copy someone else's, and then something new happens, and then oh, hey, this this is cool. I like this. Yeah. It's a lot of trial and error. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a trained musician yeah. at all. I've never taken. I mean, I took piano lessons till the age of eleven. Right, right. But beyond that, I've never taken a guitar lesson. So it's kind of like, Tim, I I love yeah. what you're doing there. How the heck yeah, do you do yeah, it? Yeah. Or like he played this song, the Cannonball Rag, um, a, like a very famous finger picking song. Okay. And he, you know, he led me towards this these things called Tef tabs. Okay. Basically just real old school digital like tablature okay. stuff and, for doing the finger picking. Yeah, yeah, and then okay. Learn how to do that yeah. and, and and then you just are learning these little chunks from all over the place. And I guess it mixes into what you're already doing anyway. If you throw a little bit of that in there it changes the whole vibe of the song. And yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, do you have another orange song you wanted to... Uh... Yes. Okay. I don't know if it's the... This was a reacher, but... No wrong answers. It's all good. My my wife actually came up with this one. Okay. And um, it's a song by the boss himself, okay. which is kind of funny, too, because, the, I mean, back in the punk rock days, I had no appreciation no. for Bruce Yeah, you think that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Whatsoever. And then I, and then I discovered... Um, the album Nebraska. That's what. That's that's how I got same, into it too. Same thing. I think right? everyone. It's like that's so. It's so stark and like. I mean, it's on a four track. It's. Like, it's it's undeniably like. Uh, just a great. It's an awesome album. Great album. Every song has its own tone yeah. and feel and vibe. And it's kind of punk rock attitude wise yeah, in terms heck. of like how we recorded it and all that too. And just the sound of it too. Like it sounds like it was done in a four track, and it's insane that a guy who is that famous is doing that 
and then it kind of hey, there's no synth on this. Look, look how good it, look how good the songwriting is. Yeah. Yeah, and when you strip it all away, yeah, a good song is a good song, regardless of, of all the other things. Which I think is what a lot of older guys seem to be doing now. I mean, someone like, I mean, all those late period Johnny Cash albums, they're phenomenal because it's just him in a room with a guitar. And a lot of people are doing stuff like that now. I think it's that people have somehow, I don't know if Nebraska was the start of it, or but people are kind of getting the idea, hey, wait, this works. You don't need to have, you know, uh, 700 people overdubbed on it. You can just, the song is the song. But, sorry, what song are you going to do? Um, well, Staying with the orange theme, I'm on fire. Cool. Let's listen to the boss. <laughs> Stretch, but got a little works. mellow there, yeah. but you know, yeah, I did. It just kind great, of took, took the tone song. right down, but yeah, it's an <laughs> awesome song, yeah, for sure. It's funny because that record, like Born in the USA, I didn't listen to it for the longest time based solely on the album cover, <laughs> not because it has his ass on it, but because the American flag and the song. But before I'd really listened to the song, I was, and I think this probably is true for a lot of people, I was like, Born, I don't, this is like rah rah, I go America, right? And then you hear Glory Days all the time and that stupid synthesizer, and like it's. It doesn't seem like it'll be good, and then you listen to it, and it's like, wait, this is song is not at all what I thought it's, it was. About. It's the same thing, like the undeniable songs where, yeah. even when you don't want to like it, you start to like it. You yeah, love like, it. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I had those same Miskin 
perceptions or like preconceived notions yeah. of what Bruce Springsteen was until I actually started listening to. Yeah, because he was like Michael his Jackson. Catalog. Like, he was like that level of famous. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, shit still is. He still is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the yeah. He's one of the <laughs> probably top four or five most famous musicians I bet out there. Like he's yeah. My I I think my father was telling me a story that they're in the states recently and met a couple that just fo- followed. Oh yeah, I'm sure Springsteen around. Like, I'm sure. Every day, oh, we've been to the last nine shows. Holy like, crap! What? <laughs> what do you do with your life? Do you have a job? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I guess usually you associate that with like the Grateful Dead and stuff, right? Yeah. But there, there are totally guys like that who have that devotion. Like, even bands like U two do that. Oh yeah. When you get to a certain level, I think you have those kind of weird groupie type like mm-hmm. bands. It's, but yeah, Springsteen is cool. That was a that was a mellow song, but it's good. Like, like the rest of the record, I guess. It's reaching a little bit there, but yeah, it works. <laughs> so we do have one more song to play, and I'm gonna pick it. But uh, before we do that, uh, at the end of the show, we like to tell people where to find our guest music where to find our show uh so if someone you know you mentioned earlier your online presence is not where you want it to be but if someone wants to look you up what's the best way to do it well we got some stuff on youtube it's not none of it's very good i have some we're we're in the process of rectifying that issue um we have a facebook page that's a good way to kind of keep up with what the reverend rambler is doing do you know what the address is offhand no, I can throw a link. If people <laughs> if, are listening to this, if you look up the Reverend yeah. Rambler, it'll it'll, it'll come up, and it'll be on our, our page too on whichpolice.com on the actual page for this episode. The link will be there, so people can find it that way. And uh, anything else that you have that people can use to get in touch, or um, where can they find the the album? The album can be purchased from Bandcamp. Okay, so if you look up the Reverend Rambler, uh, it's now at the Winnipeg Folk Festival Music Store. Cool, cool, and. Is it? Yeah, uh, you could just find me in Winnipeg. I'm an easy guy to find. <laughs> yeah, well, you're playing a lot of shows too. It seems like you guys are always sort of popping up here and there. So. Yeah, we're playing lots of festivals. I think we got. Um, we're playing the Shine On oh, cool. Festival. We're doing Harvest Sun, Harvest Moon. Cool. Yeah, there's a ton of those. All these little small towns have like festivals everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, I, for the type of music that that uh, that I play and a, yeah, and a lot perfect, of right? a yeah. lot of the people that we were kind of talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's a very nurturing yeah environment for musicians for sure well especially anything that's kind of remotely country or blues or folk like there's that doesn't always but it can appeal to like a pretty wide range of people it's like, very versatile it's, that's that's something i've noticed with this is that children and yeah punks and metalheads and grandma right. and grandpas can all get into the reverend Rambler. and i guess you can adjust the set depending on what kind of crowd you see out there too, right? I mean, very much. Yeah. yeah. We've been, we've been asked to do gospel sets a lot. Cool. Cool. It's always kind of a little bit of a confusing mix of what the heck it is that we're going to do. Right. Right. Do you but, have a fairly significant gospel, gospel like set? I mean, there's a few covers there or do you have a, like a bunch of stuff? We got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember it very <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. but there's, yeah, there's a lot of gospels music we play and that's actually at harvest sun that's what we'll be doing okay. on the sunday okay and i don't it, it's going to be kind of a fun configuration of i think there's going to be some of, of the typical band missing so okay so it'll be whatever whoever's around kind yeah of I, th- I think i may even bring in a couple of heavy hitters to cool. do a little bit more of uh, cool. a true yeah string gospel sets cool Okay, well, yeah, people should check that out, and they should check out your album and uh, Facebook and Bandcamp and all that stuff. Um, if anyone wants to hear this show, uh, you can go to witchpolice.com, 
all of the previous 130 whatever we are at this point episodes are all there for download and streaming uh including a lot of the people we've talked about today they've all been on the show it's like <laughs> running i think it's at this point there's been so many people on the show that it's like no matter who i talk to someone they know or have worked with will have been on there before so that's, that's it's cool actually it's good and you can tune in on monday nights at 11 o'clock on umfm and uh older episodes play so it's from a few months back so it kind of gives each each episode like a second wind you know it's like oh hey this is something from february or march or something and here it is in july and you get a chance to hear it so that's cool uh, and you can find us on, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. We're all over the place online. And we're also part of the Garbage Hill Podcast Network, which is like a local kind of loose collective of people doing this um, on different topics. Not only interview shows, sometimes just people talking amongst themselves about whatever the topic is. But there's, you know, pop culture shows, comic book shows, sports stuff, uh, video games. Like anything that people are into, there seems to be a podcast about it nowadays. And this is just everyone who's doing it DIY in Winnipeg. Well, most people anyway, most uh, kind of in one spot. So garbagehillnetwork.com, and the idea is basically if you like this show, go there. Maybe you like something else, and get, those shows will get new listeners, and vice versa. And it's just kind of, hey, everyone's doing this. No one's making any money off it or even trying to, so. I love the sounds of that. Just get, right get up my alley. Get sharing going <laughs> on, yeah. So um, I'm going to play one more song, and uh, I, just, I had a few options kind of in my head for what the third song I was going to play was going to be. But I figure since we're talking a lot about local artists, let's just go with the local artists here. Love it. And uh, this is a guy, I don't know him personally. I don't really know that much about him, but he goes by the name of Jordzy. And he was in a band called, um, oh, what's it called? Burnt Witch, Burnt Witch Survivor Group or something like that. And they were kind of grungy and really fuzzy and, and like 90s kind of sounding. And they were, they were very cool. I really liked them. And I didn't realize he was in that band. I found his CD at Music Trader just in that pile of free shit. So I grabbed, I don't know who he was, but it's a free CD, so I'll take it home and listen to it. And then I also, like, a few you weeks... You can do that? You... Yeah, people drop off, like, the little CDRs and stuff, right? And then, and then there's a little table there by the computers, and it's got, like, stickers and postcards and shit. Cool. And so there was a CD there, so I'm like, I don't know who this is, I'm going to take it. And then a few weeks earlier, there was a CD by this band, which was turned out to be his band. Same thing, I just took it, this is great. And I didn't know until I actually emailed the guy that he was the same guy from both. But his own solo stuff is more folky, and... Um, it's kind of got a bit of an edge to it. This song has no edge to it whatsoever. But um, <laughs> uh, the reason it's orange, like this show, this this podcast is not even remotely political. But one of the things that comes up when you think of orange, especially because an election's happening, is the NDP colors. And um, when Jack Layton died, he wrote that letter that became very popular and was all over the newspapers and the media and stuff. And this Georgie guy turned that into a song. He took bits and pieces of it and kind of kind of placed it out of order. And he turned like part of it into a chorus and stuff. And he just it was shortly after the guy died, and he just put it into a, made this letter to Canadians into a song and I think it works really well it kind of has a um, almost like give peace a chance kind of vibe like John Lennon sort of it's it's very like there's tambourines in it and chanting and stuff and it's a lot of repetition of a, one line from that letter over and over again but I just think it's cool it's actually not my favorite song of his but I think it's cool in that he just took like something that's clearly not a song and kind of mutated it a bit own. it's kind of what we were talking about before right <laughs> that's kind of why yeah. i decided to choose this because he's taking bits of this you know fairly lengthy letter and turning it into like a two and a half minute song so it's called um song for jack and it's by georgie and you're the reverend rambler this is wish please thanks for listening thanks for having me